Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast that's typically about the legends of Runeterra, but this episode is our special Thanksgiving episode or our Thanksgiving special. We've never done a, a special episode or like a, a, it's like a different one, but we just decided that we were going to do it. Um, and actually, to be honest with you, we recorded most of it and then I messed it up um, and forgot to push the record button. And so we just have sort of the back half section. So what we decided to do is instead of doing an episode about what we are most thankful for we decided to do an episode about the five things from nerd culture that me and dbn each individually are the most thankful for in terms of what has had the most impact on our lives what has had the most impact on our sort of nerdy tendencies our interests what has shaped our friendships obviously our friendships our relationships sort of all revolve around um, the nerdy things that we enjoy. And so what we thought is that we would start a nice little fireplace sound in the background, gather around the fire together, and share with you the five things that we love most, um, or the five things that we're most thankful for from nerd culture. But before we get into that, I want to thank our Patreons over at Patreon.com. And this isn't an advertisement to become a patron, although you're more than welcome to do that. Um, It's to say genuinely thank you. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our patrons. Thank you for the people who support us. Thank you to the people who are in the Discord. Listen, I I started this show over a year ago now um, just on a whim. And, uh, and I really didn't expect it to go anywhere, but I liked podcasting. So I thought, Hey, uh, content creation is enjoyable to me. Maybe I'll try my hand on it. If you had told me that a little over a year later, I would be in the studio that I'm recording in right now. I would be into PC gaming. Um, that we'd have this incredible community around us that, that people would be supporting us everywhere from $1 to $20 a month. Um, that we would be doing giveaways, that I would be drinking water out of a, a, a pint glass that has a logo on it from the show that I do, that, that people would have any sort of value in the things that I have to say. I, I would have thought that you were just crazy. I, I never would have thought that the show um, would take off like that. And then and then when you know Elder Scrolls Legends died and we didn't know what was gonna what we were gonna do. Um, it was the community. The, if there wasn't a community, listen, DVN and I might have played games together, talked a little bit, maybe, maybe, maybe stayed connected, but we certainly wouldn't um, be doing a show together. But it was because of the community and the the people who wanted to stay connected that we decided to keep the show going. And now, you know, almost a year of Runeterra in, um, I, I played, I think, our first episode on Runeterra where I talked about it was after... I got into the closed beta like last year around this time, maybe last October or something. And um, I'm just so thankful for you guys. Uh, DBN and I both are. And, and he's not all recording with me right now because I messed it up. But um, he would say the same thing. He's so thankful. So thank you. Um, and every month, guys, we give away something. Um, and uh, and we actually chose the winner. We didn't choose the winner. Chose the winner at random earlier um, to our patrons. Um, and this month is the first time that we're giving away a pint glass. Um, and so we just got them in today. And I am thankful for that. Um, they look great. There's like a little uh, issue. There's some like glitching sort of on, on some of the parts of the pint glass. Some of like the frosting in the, in the etching section. I'm not real sure what's up with that, if it will fix itself or, or 
if they're like not perfect but they look beautiful and i'm really thankful for them and so every month we draw from our list of patrons and give something away um typically it's been a legends cast hat but we're out of those we got a dozen pint glasses we're going to be using those for the next you know eight or nine months um giving away legends cast pints um and this month's winner of the legend cast pint glass is our very own uh static sheep static sheep congratulations on winning the pint class shoot me a message on discord and i will get it out to you um if you remember the name static sheep that's because he was already on the show um we interviewed him after he won legends cast discord league season one and here pretty soon in december we will finish up legends Core discord legends cast discord league season two but static sheep was the winner of season one and won himself a hat um from our discord uh, or from our community um and so this was the perfect time to win the mug or win the pint glass rather because uh he already won the glass he already won the hat so uh, this is the first time we're giving away the pint and he won the pint so congratulations static sheep on winning the pint glass um uh, like i said message me on discord i'll get that out to you guys once again thank you so much you're amazing and incredible group of people and i'm so honored to have been able to be part of some of your lives in some capacity um you know i've gotten the chance to talk to members of the community on the phone um to, to meet up with some members of the community in person who kind of there's a couple of guys who live in my area um, to just care for people to get to know people to hear people's stories to learn about people's perspectives my understanding of the world and what people think has expanded and grown exponentially because of the discord community because of the show and i'm so thankful for that and you know it's what made us on a week when we typically wouldn't have recorded it all um to come up with an idea of just doing a, a short thanksgiving episode a thanksgiving special for the community um just as a way for us to say thank you to you guys and to put content out there and so um i don't know get a warm cup of uh, apple cider or um, if you're if you're just after Thanksgiving dinner and you're booting up the episode and you're about to fall into a turkey coma, um, you know, tune in. Thank you so much. And if you're outside the country, um, be thankful for something um, if you don't celebrate uh, the American Thanksgiving holiday because it is it's my absolute favorite holiday. And guys, I would be remiss if I didn't also say really quickly, I'm so thankful above everything else, um, nothing in Nerdum, but for my family, for my wife and for my daughters. Um so incredibly thankful my wife has been so insanely supportive and um, we've poured a great deal of money into this show without ever getting a dime out of it um, every cent that the show's ever made has pretty much gone back into the show in some capacity and and yet we've done so much and invested so much time energy and money specifically into creating a space and buying the equipment that'll make the show good and um, that's because of my amazing loving incredible and supportive wife so she'll never ever listen to this episode but it doesn't matter the point is that i get an opportunity with all of you listening to brag about her she's amazing and i'm thankful for her okay that's enough for me let's go over and invite dbn to join us so that we can talk about the five things that we are most thankful for from nerd culture hey guys uh so thank you so much patrons and, and once again we we really do appreciate you guys but dbn and i really wanted to get into the five 
things from nerd culture that we are most thankful for this Thanksgiving. We just thought it would be a fun take on sort of the traditional Thanksgiving meal, um, the traditional Thanksgiving season. And so uh, DBN and I have five things each that we've picked out. And uh, and he'll tell you a little bit about why he picked mine out and why he picked his out and I picked mine out. But spoiler alert, we already recorded some of this and I never hit start recording. So now, <laughs> now we definitely are recording and we definitely have our thoughts fleshed out for this but dbn <laughs> i can't believe it why don't you jump in and tell us uh what is the first thing that you are most thankful for from nerd culture yeah sure uh so for my list i was thinking about how um you guys have probably especially if you're a long time listener have heard all about all the various card games that i've played throughout my life and i usually i reference them constantly so even though I could probably fill my, my five most influential things with card games, I decided I was going to ban that for my uh, top five list. And I was also going to make sure that I had uh, each item was from a different medium. So video game, television show, movie, etc. cetera. Um, so number five, uh, which I originally had uh, the Elder Scrolls Legends here, um, but uh, I decided, after I decided to not booted. allow card games. Yeah, I got booted. So I, I went with... Um, Dota 2, Defense of the Ancients 2. Um, and that really harkens back to my time in college. Um, my freshman dorm, actually, I lived with uh, with two friends from uh, from high school. I was lucky enough to go to the same college as them, and we were good, good pals from the rowing team. Um, and so getting in there, uh, it was a tough adjustment to college, both for myself and for both my roommates. Um, and one of my roommates, who I'm still extremely good friends with to this day, we still play RPGs every other week. Um, and, uh, he actually had gotten into Dota two, uh, over that summer of the summer of 2012. And, uh, when we got in there, we were all just hanging out and stuff. He started playing this game. And, and I actually do remember a time where we're all sleeping and he had stayed up to play this game. Uh, and in the middle of the night, he just got so frustrated with this thing. He like cussed out one of the, one of the characters <laughs> in the game and woke us all up. And uh, we were mad at him. We're like, dude, shut up. Uh, but the next day, I was like, what were you yelling about? He's like, oh, dude, it's this awesome game. You have to check it out, man. Uh, and um, I hadn't really been into competitive video games. Now, I played competitive card games for a long time. Uh, but video games, I just wasn't very good at, right? Like, I, I wasn't good with, with like, shooting games, uh, which was most of the competitive games at the time. And, yeah, and yeah, I got, I'm like, terrible at them. <laughs> you know, I had good, I just wasn't. And I also just wasn't as interested in it. I liked the story. So I played a lot of RPGs and stuff like that uh, at the time. So, like, uh, you know, I played a lot of Skyrim and uh, oh, Mass yeah. Effect and stuff like that, right? I loved Mass Effect. Uh, and Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, those were those were the good times. Um, and he was like, dude, it's this awesome game. Like, I know, he's like, I know that you like, uh, you know, card games and strategy and stuff. It's a strategy game. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, you know, but for lack of a better thing to do, and all I had was my laptop. I didn't have my, uh, my PlayStation or anything. I was like, all right, I'll download it. So I got a beta key. That was back when Dota 2 was in beta. Hmm. Uh, I got a beta key, and uh, it was like 30 bucks, which felt like so much money at the time, uh, and uh, and started playing. And, and I still I stand to this day with the belief that Dota 2 is one of the greatest video games, top five greatest video games of all time, not just in my wow. personal ranking, but of all time. The depth in that game, the flavor... You know, the, the characters are fun and likable and lovable. They're just also diverse and interesting. And it is one of the most complex, but just that, that feedback loop of when you win a game or do something really cool, you know it was you. 
you mm, know mm -hmm. like because the game just has so much to juggle it really rewards the strategist side of things and you can really chart tangible progress you know as you go i mean the length of the games being something that some people criticize um but as probably a lot of league of legends players also know um you know the mistakes you make it at one at small mistakes you make at one point you will learn to notice the effects of the next five ten even the rest of the game uh minutes because you have to play it out and you see those things if you make a weird you know rotation in a shooter you get shot you die you don't really learn why because it's so rapid fire True. you know and um but in dota 2 you could really just chart your progress hey i, got, I did had this for my stats and you know this uh we really lost after this one gank in the jungle that was really bad we shouldn't have gone in there you know just things like that allow you to sort of feel like you're wrapping your head around this this thing that is impossible to wrap your head around i remember my buddy said no one is good at dota 2 everyone sucks you just have to see who <laughs> sucks less uh and he's totally right i mean even the pros make dumb mistakes at times and even though i don't really play to this day this is my most played game of all time really um it is i've put the most an ungodly amount of hours into this game and i don't really even play it anymore I, i've played like maybe a couple matches in 2020 as a whole but i still love talking about it with my friends um and um you know it's just one of those things that i don't think i would have felt as comfortable like queuing up for ranked modes and stuff when i got into hearthstone my senior year uh if i hadn't have laid that groundwork of being comfortable playing against faceless strangers uh <laughs> in dota 2 um so yeah great game i still love watching pro matches and um I just, my, it's still, I still think about that game and think about, man, I wish I had the time to get back into it because it is just so mind-bogglingly complex and you just feel so smart and rewarded when things go well. It's just huh. it, that there's no, there's no higher of a high in video games, in my opinion. Huh. Uh-huh. Well, mine is also a video game, so I'll give you, I, I, I'm going to sort of follow with you here. Uh, my video game that I thought about is from my childhood um, and probably from middle school. My video game is Heroes of Might and Magic 3 Complete. Heroes of Might and Magic 3 mm -hmm. Complete, um, uh, which has just been one of my absolute uh, favorite games of all time so if you guys don't know what it is it's basically it's kind of like a strategy game there's an overland map you have like a little guy on a horse and you pilot him around but he has he has like stacks of of creatures in him um, or that he's carrying around with him that's his army and once you encounter another horseman um, you have to fight them and you can recruit new forces uh, every week from your castle and you collect gold and wood and things uh, resources from outside you claim them and it brings resources Horses into your castle and then you use those to upgrade your creatures and build more creatures and expand and then you can conquer other castles and take them over and recruit creatures from them and battle your opponents until there's only one person standing it's one of the best games of all time it's an old game it's amazing every day me and my brother would come home from school and we would sit down we each had 30 minutes that we were allowed to play on the computer but if we were able to get along whenever we played on the computer, we could play together. So we would play 30 minutes together and then 30 minutes together, getting a full hour in and playing a round of it. To this day, still a game that I love um, and one that my brother still keeps on an old laptop and one that DBN made me aware. You can actually get on <laughs> Steam in high def, yeah, you can. which I'm going to buy next month.
for $15, 100%. And oh, so might legit even stream it, might stream some of it because it's uh, it's such a fun game. It's so strategic oh, and so much fun. So for me, one of my favorite things that I'm most thankful for from nerds culture is Heroes of Might and Magic 3 Complete. Uh, DBN, how about you? What is uh, what's something else that you are thankful for from nerd culture? All right, so number four. Um, this is, again, moving mediums. This is a uh, a book, and it's one that um, I can probably say, if not my favorite book, I, I don't think it is my favorite book, but it is probably as far as like fiction um, and like nerd culture, the one of the most influential ones. Uh, not just on my appreciation uh, of like fiction and stuff, uh, but also in terms of relationally uh, with other people and sharing uh, a good book. Uh, it is Frank Herbert's Dune from 1965. Uh, it is, in my opinion, the sci-fi masterpiece. Um, I know I'm really hyping up these things I love, but I've thought a lot about it. And uh, I really do think Dune is the quintessential science fiction novel. Hmm. Um, in many ways, it, it definitely influenced a lot of uh, other science fiction. Uh, it kind of brought in this genre of big space empires and stuff like that. Um, the general premise of Dune is that um, there is a young heir to a noble house in this intergalactic empire, uh, and his family is reassigned by the emperor uh, to take over control of this uh, desert planet. Uh, it's pretty desolate, and they are forced to move there, uh, but it is the most important planet in the entire galaxy or universe or whatever uh, because of its unique ability to uh spawn this drug uh that uh, like enables like light speed travel mm. um and uh through various you know political issues uh the house that was asked to leave uh and was you know reassigned to this this other house that we follow the protagonist of uh basically backstabs them and double deals to basically try to uh murder the entire house and i guess i'm getting spoilers now maybe we'll cut that part doesn't matter uh because uh the entire thing rhymes very much with game of thrones and you really do notice that game of thrones uh probably was was inspired at least to a certain degree uh with this book uh it has very heavy uh kind of influences and and things to say about politics power war religion um, and it does it well. It's extremely well written. The dialogue and prose is just beautiful. There's a lot of amazing, you know, quotable moments, but these characters that are just larger than life, very cool uh, and, and interesting ones that you just are pulling for. Um, there was an entire series, actually, but weirdly, I haven't read the rest of them. Um, I just like read six, the first there's one. There's a six-part, I think. I think there's a six-part series for it. Yeah, there's uh, well, some of the last books in the series I happen to know were written by his son and weren't considered to be quite as good, but they're based on his notes. Kind of like how uh, I guess the Silmarillion, if I remember correctly, was yeah. kind of pieced together from yeah. Tolkien's notes. Uh, I think so. Um, and in this case, uh, you know, I don't know about the rest of the series. I've been told the second and the third one are pretty good. I only read the first one. Okay. But I felt sure. like it can stand alone, and I just I absolutely loved it. Uh, both for the story, but also for the extremely unique and immersive world that, like, if you're a writer yourself or if you are a dungeon master and you want to come up with some cool new ideas to integrate and hack into your, you know, uh, homebrew world or something like that, 
Uh, look no further than Dune. I do highly recommend the book uh, for you science fiction fans out there. Uh, but really why it's so important to me is because it's one of the few books that I've really recommended to people. Um, I don't recommend books a lot because I don't like really like books being recommended to me. Um, and so when I do recommend a book, it tends to come pretty – because I'm pretty confident in it. Uh, and I recommended it to several of my closest friends. They've read it. They love it. And we talk about it all the time now. It's become one of those things that, you know, we're constantly referencing some of the uh, the awesome lines or some of the unique concepts and characters in there. Um, and so it's become a small, you know, sort of a small touchstone for me and my, my very close friends. Um, there's a movie coming out in 2021. I'm very excited. There's some great casting in there. Let's just hope they don't screw it up. <laughs> Yeah, let's not have another Avatar: The Last Airbender uh, movie on our oh, hands. Oh, please no! Just, just please no! Just speak in that word of cursing over your movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, anyways, Dune, Dune, Dune. Oh, okay, awesome, awesome. Uh, I'll give you a book as well, uh, although mine is different. So for me, uh, I was for a season in life uh, after college an avid comic book reader read a lot a lot of comics and uh was primarily a dc reader and i it would be really hard to pick one in particular that i love but it's had a lot of influence on what i love in nerd culture so i went all the way back to the beginning and in the beginning i uh, i was actually traveling to chicago with a buddy um we went up to northern part of pennsylvania and got on a train and we're traveling to chicago by train because we thought it would be sick to travel on a train turns out not super sick to travel on a train and i didn't have anything to do with me other than work so uh i saw that he had a comic book and i was like hey what is that can i can i read that and it was green arrow rebirth um i loved it so much that uh some point during the conference we snuck away and we got into like the seedy part of chicago uh, underneath this like monorail and found another comic book shop and i bought green lantern rebirth and from there i read uh and you know i'm a more recent reader of comics i know that like i'm not a true comic fan but uh, that had a big influence on my life for several years and has influenced what I love now. It brought me to what is arguably one of my favorite comic series of all times, which is Northlanders, although a lot of image titles, Walking Dead, East of West, uh, Ascender, Descender. There's a lot of other titles that I've loved as well. Um, but uh, Northlanders being one of my favorite, which made me fall in love with Viking culture um, and made me learn more about legitimate Viking culture and what they were really about and what they did and the gods that they worshipped and all, all sorts of things um, and probably is what has largely influenced me to love Freljord in Legends of Runeterra because <laughs> I love the Frozen North theme um, so for me uh, yeah Green Arrow Rebirth something that although I was never really a huge Green Arrow fan something that I am absolutely certainly thankful for because without it I probably never would have actually gotten into comic books so yeah, for me, Green Arrow Rebirth. DBN, are you a comic book reader? Yeah, yeah, I, I do read comic books. Um, not, like, super, super frequently. Uh, although sure. I've actually read... I read a lot in the quarantine times. Okay. Uh, and I actually was getting caught up on a really, really good... I guess the current run, as far as I know, of uh, Daredevil. I love Daredevil. Huh. Um, and, uh, I mean, my probably my favorite single book uh well oh gosh that's hard one of my favorite single books was the born again um i guess uh run with uh daredevil by uh notable comic book writer uh, frank miller mm. who also did uh, the dark knight returns which is probably the most influential batman 
uh, that comic. that I've read. I never got into Marvel, but the Dark Knight Returns I've read, and it is awesome. It's very, it's very so good, good right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very good. Oh my gosh! Well, he he did a, a great um, uh, Daredevil story that I I just adored, and um, uh, so I've really enjoyed Daredevil. So I, I checked out when they said that uh, I was kind of like, ah, oh, let me find a good comic to read that I can keep up with. Uh, just for a little bit during quarantine, so the the new Daredevil run, I'm behind on it now, but I'll, I'll catch up on eventually. But yeah, no, I, I think my favorite my favorite series is probably Hellboy. I love Hellboy, huh. um, so good. And uh, you know, I also like the Fantastic Four. I mean, I'm a, my family's a big Marvel. My dad and my sister and I are just huge Marvel fans. Okay, uh, I mean, we've read the comics. I mean, I remember my dad brought in some of the old, like uh, I guess uh, paperback. Um, kind of collections of the origin stories of the different heroes and stuff. He had some of those, so we, he'd read those to me as a kid, um, and we'd look at that. So, you know, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four especially. Uh, less so X-Men. So there's something about X-Men that I just don't quite I feel like X-Men with, although are I, completely outside. They're like their own universe. They are. I think that's why it's it's tough, because, you know, until maybe until, like, a little more recently, uh, they haven't really tied in with, like, the rest of the, the Marvel Comics world, you know? But I mean, I I mean, I like Wolverine and stuff. I but I real weirdly like I didn't like Wolverine as much until like Hugh Jackman movies. <laughs> so uh, I like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and maybe that's why I like Wolverine now. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah. So definitely comic books. But I mean, again, you you actually said something interesting. You're like, oh, I'm not like a true comic book fan. I'm like, that's that's funny because there's there's a lot of gatekeeping in the comic book oh, community, which yes. is really obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. um, and the simple reality is, if you read comic books, you're a comic book fan. Doesn't matter how yeah. much you read. Doesn't matter if you have to know all the comic books and stuff like that, um, because that's just silly. Nobody can read all the comic books, and if you do, you're not doing enough else with your life. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally nothing else. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, no, comic what, books are awesome. What's the next thing that you're most thankful for from nerd culture? So this is my television show. Um, so I've done a video game, a book, and now a television show. Um, and I've thought a lot about that because, I mean, I uh, I love just like kind of with the Dune thing. I love science fiction probably more than fantasy. Um, and even though like I'm a, like I love Lord of the Rings and stuff like that, um, sci-fi has been the thing that really captured my imagination uh, even as a kid. I mean, as a kid, like I did want to be an astronaut for a little bit like everybody. Um, but... Uh, you know, I think and, and Star Wars was the was the movie that uh, my parents just could not rip away from me. They had to hide the VHS tape uh, <laughs> for a while for uh, A New Hope. And um, yeah, so the um, the show that really I think is special to me and I will always hold that place in my heart. And I still think is probably my favorite science fiction show, although Firefly gives it a run for its money, um, is Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yes. Really? So, yep. You like Star Trek. Okay, okay, okay. Um, you know, interestingly, I do like the Star Trek world. Um, I've never watched the original series. I'm pretty lukewarm on uh, um, Next Generation. I'll, I'll watch an episode here and there, but the episodic storytelling that took up most of Next Generation didn't appeal to me as much. I like overarching storylines. And Star Trek Deep Space Nine, although it does have its standalones, is just that. Uh, it is seven series of this amazing transformation of location, characters, politics, and religion um, that is just so utterly fascinating. And this interweave of characters that 
just the relationships change from loving each other to hating each other to loving each other again, you know, uh, and, you know, people change and turn good and turn bad. And in a lot of a lot of shades of gray, it has what I, you know, believe to be the best uh, uh, Star Trek captain uh, in uh, Captain Benjamin Sisko, who was, you know, I think Star Trek is known for its um, utopian optimism. And Deep Space Nine did not, like, reject that ideal, but it definitely showed the underbelly of that and what the, you know, the prices and that had to be paid and the costs uh, towards achieving that. And I uh, I just really loved it about that. Some, I mean, some amazing actors in there, some fun characters. Uh, it, it, the idea is, except, uh, or unlike the, uh, the other Star Trek series, it's not really based about a ship, but it's based around a, uh, a space station, Deep Space Nine, um, which is on the uh, kind of the, this, the edge of, uh, if anyone's familiar, like Federation territory and is located next to an active wormhole that transports you to an entire other quadrant uh, of space. Hmm. So uh, it's extremely both, you know, you know, politically and strategically and economically important. Um, And this captain gets assigned there and it basically kind of chronicles him and his, you know, staff, as well as some of the merchants that are, that live aboard the station. Um, And at times the station changes hands um, some of the characters will go off. They'll, you know, go on expeditions into this other quadrant of space, or you know, you go off to a different planet for different adventures and stuff like that. But it's based around, you know, this crew of this space station and the people that live there. And you even see the son of the captain grow up through the series. Um, and it's just, I mean, it is truly the most complete. Um, science fiction I, I i don't want to say most complete science science fiction show although i it may be um but i do think it's the most complete star trek uh show uh from start to finish and um i mean i i remember from the personal side of things less so from the review side of things um i walked in and my dad had uh, who, who was a, a star trek fan but like the original series had gotten it borrowed uh, he was borrowing it from a friend from work and watching like he was in the middle of like season three or something like that and uh, he was watching the kitchen while making dinner. I got home in middle school from uh, from school, and uh, we sat down. I was like, "What is this?" He's like, "Oh, it's Star Trek." And we watched it, and you know, I kind of was like, "Oh, that's really neat." And so I stayed and watched another episode and watched another episode, and then eventually it became this, you know, sort of tradition, I guess, so to speak, where uh, we would watch an episode or two in the evenings uh, when I after I got my homework done in middle school, um, and eventually I went and borrowed. The first couple seasons, which I had missed for season like one and two, and then I rewatched the entire thing, um, borrowing it from. Weirdly, I ended up becoming friends with his friend at work uh, because uh, I watched all of the uh, the seasons uh, both with him and then again by myself. And I've actually gone back and watched the whole thing again when it came on Netflix. Um, I just it has this lasting value to me, both because of the nostalgia factor and you know it being something i shared with my dad um but also because um i just genuinely think there's so much to love about the show itself so many laughs to be had and tears to be cried it's just it's so good huh well i did not know that you were a trekkie um and uh i have nothing to add to that because (laughs) i have never watched i I, I really wouldn't consider myself a trekkie 
I just if I, it's really just DS9. Like I enjoyed like I've seen the Star Trek movies, you know, mm-hmm. um, and both the old ones and the new ones. That's and true. I've seen I saw some episodes here and there. Movies. Like one. they're pretty good. I really like the new the, movies. The one that I watched was good. Yeah, the the one that I watched was good. But I wouldn't consider myself a Trekkie. It's just that that show specifically, because I think because it was a deviation from the formula, you know, really made it um, kind of that played a little bit more listen, to my uh, my sensibilities. You listen know? to all the gatekeeping in the Star Trek community here. <laughs> oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think I think I I wouldn't consider myself one, if only because um, I I don't think I mean I like the Star Wars universe better than the Star Trek universe. You sure. know what I mean? Sure. I like a lot. There's a lot of other, like, um, I guess, uh, fandoms of, you know, within science fiction that I like more. But Deep Space Nine specifically, just there's something about it is just perfect for me. Hmm. You know? Nice. Well, I don't have a show, but I do have another thing that I'm thankful for from nerd culture because I, th- there's a couple of shows that have been meaningful to me. Maybe Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, that might be the in in Star Wars the Clone oh, so Wars good. Star Wars the Clone Wars oh those so are the top good two. yeah yes. those are the top two but uh, they did not make my list um, my next thing in the top five is uh, from my board game hobby so from my board game the game that I am most thankful for um, because I couldn't choose one because it's too hard to choose one but so I went back to the beginning with this one too it's a game called Shadows Over Camelot Shadows Over Camelot is a co-op game where you and your friends are playing together um, to stop the bad stuff in Camelot I don't even remember the full thing that you're trying to do I know you can get Excalibur I know terrible things happen to you I know catapults go on the board I don't really remember I don't think we ever actually beat the game but it introduced me to co-op games for the very first time and was just so so much fun um love that game and introduced me to hobby board gaming in general which is you know just this past weekend we did our board game weekend which we ended up doing one day because we found this really sick barbecue place that would take us all day but that's neither here nor there they gave us 14 hours we played board games for 13 of those 14 hours um and i love 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 the hobby board game um, genre and and all of the tons and tons of small genres inside of hobby board games but my introduction to that was shadows over camelot and believe it or not the guy who introduced it to me i was talking to him earlier tonight on discord and i told him what i was doing and told him hey there's gonna be like i, I have a uh, the, 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 i'm talking about this and shadows over camelot makes the list He's like i never would have even thought of that um and uh, but it does shadows over camelot is one of the things from nerd culture that i'm most thankful for that's probably one that you haven't played. Am I am I right? <laughs> no, I haven't played Shadows of Camelot. Interestingly, uh, board games, as much as I love them, uh, a board game did not make my list. Well, hey, that's fine. That's fine. So yeah, no, that's cool. So let's go to a new genre for you then. What did make your list? What's uh, what's number four? Uh, well, I'm ranking them. Uh, this is number two. Oh, this is number so two. I'm oh, ranking okay. them, in, and I'm just going uh, at random. Important. So <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, no, I've ranked mine. Okay. Uh, number two. Um, this is my film. Okay. And uh, it was one that I can definitely say, like, I think a lot of these things, I mean, I guess the earliest one that I have discovered was in middle school with uh, Deep Space Nine. Um, I think I watched this, I want to say, in, like, fourth or fifth grade. Maybe, I want to say fifth grade uh, I watched this movie. Um, so probably the earliest back of, definitely the earliest back of all of these. Um, this is, um, 
Hayao Miyazaki's Princess Mononoke. Oh, I have no um, idea what that is. There, you got oh another one. Oh my gosh, you got it. Okay. Um, not only was this an incredible movie, um, beautiful um, animation and artwork, um, but uh, it informed, I think, a lot of my uh, interest in uh, character design and character writing, mm -hmm. uh, both for my uh, my D and D campaigns and stuff like that, um, but also for um, you know just future. You know, I, I do a little bit of uh, just to, just for myself. I do a little bit of creative writing here and again, um, and I think that I always think about Princess Mononoke when I think about like character archetypes and complex dynamic characters, characters that change throughout the film. Um, and I think that it's a masterclass on that. I think it also has a lot of really incredible themes uh, within it and the way that uh, themes of um, revenge and hatred, uh, themes of man versus the environment, which crop up across all of his films. Um, have you heard of like, uh, like Spirited Away? No. Or my neighbor Totoro. No. Oh my goodness! You all, were missing an entire incredible. Okay, so so for those of you who like Mark, uh, are missing out on this incredible like I guess film collection. Uh, Is it on Netflix um, or on anything? Um, some of them might be. Like this um, one, this so one that made your list. Yeah, I don't think it is. Okay. I have it on Blu-ray, so I'm not gonna watch it on Netflix, even if I was. Um, so Princess Mononoke um, is a uh, is one of the films from a uh, studio Ghibli, uh, which is an anime uh, film studio. Okay. Um, and uh, it's been around for a long time. I don't really remember what the first one is, but my sister and I and my dad uh, as well. My dad actually introduced it to me, but that's because he dabbled in um, in animation himself. Um, it actually was pretty good, um, but um, he, uh, you know, watched and he we, he's always had an appreciation for animation, um, which meant we watched a lot of Disney movies and stuff like that. And this is one that he, uh, amongst a couple others, had gotten recommended because of the beautiful artwork in it. And of course it is. Um, but I really latched onto it uh, because of the stories. Um, and uh, Hayao Miyazaki is the kind of mastermind behind the studio ghibli um and he's re uh released numerous like i mean award-winning i think one of them did win a, a foreign film academy award uh i think that was spirited away um but it, it's let's see uh among the 10 highest grossing anime films made in japan ever six of the films wow. are in the top 10 um so i mean it really has like international uh, level of appeal uh, and I would argue that uh, Princess Mononoke uh, is one of the uh, – I don't think it's a the perfect movie. I don't think it's his best movie, actually. But I just remember times where, like, I had to show this movie to all of my friends. You know, I was like – and I got a lot of my friends to enjoy it. Um, but it's a little bit of a long movie. Um, I think that, like, maybe if I'm going to criticize the, the master – you know, a uh, person, mm -hmm. uh, maybe like 10 minutes could have been on the cutting room floor. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but no, it is genuinely an absolutely incredible, beautiful movie, uh, movie with amazing characters. And just, I love the way that the characters change throughout it. You know, there's a lot of action movies, especially where characters kind of remain the same throughout. I mean, you think sure. about like Indiana Jones, like he's always Indiana Jones. He's not really a dynamic character. 
right? And we love him for that because we love that character. But um, this is just such a deep, deep film on multiple levels thematically um, that uh, I, I just can't let it go. And I think about it constantly. I do think it has one of the best, um, uh, best written female characters uh, of all time. I, I would put money on that. Uh, I, I really do. Um, just the level of, of, you know, complexity and humanity uh, is just so impressive in this film. And hmm. uh, I highly recommend people to check out this one. Uh, my favorite is Howl's Moving Castle. Um, there's also uh, Spirited Away, which I think is the best critically received one, potentially. Um, and uh, I, there's a couple new ones I haven't gotten caught up on, um, but I've seen... I'd say 75 to 90% of the films from the studio. And I'm never disappointed. Huh. Um, so awesome. Princess Mononoke is my pick. Also, weirdly, uh, I think it meant that I think it did get me years later to be a little bit more uh, interested in anime, especially because even at the time where I was sure. looking to get into anime and I had some friends in anime, it was still, despite nerd culture being much more accepted over the last decade or so uh anime was still that kind of taboo like weirdo thing yeah sure. um and i think they're without you know the studio ghibli films uh and princess mononoke being one of them i don't think i would have given it a shot and i love anime so um yeah uh-huh. lots of reasons there great film watch it awesome awesome well okay let me go with my what would be then my number two as well and this one because i didn't take all card games off i sort of went (laughs) back and forth between two and i'll tell you what the two are i went back and forth between the pokemon tcg because it was the first card it wasn't actually the first card game but it was the first one that i played um and pokemon i could like do double whammy right because pokemon was Mm -hmm. so influential to me as a kid but i ended up going with magic the gathering instead um and the reason simply is is that Magic the Gathering is really what caused me to love playing card games. I liked collecting Pokemon cards, but I never played the game correctly. Magic, I played correctly, and I played Magic from middle school, probably about seventh grade, the whole way through college and post-college until I really got into Hearthstone. And I have loved card games really as a product of my love and my time playing Magic the Gathering. And there's still something nostalgic about me going back and playing. I even went back and played Arena a little bit earlier this year um, because it was something that was, I, I don't know, big for me. It really was. Like, it spurred me and brought me into card games, period. So Magic the Gathering, even though it's not my favorite card game now, even though I don't play MTG Arena, even though I think it's ridiculously overpriced, um, and I and all of the other things that uh, probably are problems with Magic. For me, like, Magic was a thing that I did with my friends, right? Like, me and my buddy Joe got into Magic together. We would play every week. And then uh, my buddy Hunter got into it. My brother got into it. Um, my A couple other people, my buddy Alex Meter played for a little bit as well. Shouldn't give out people's full names, but that's fine. Um, it, so there, there's there's a handful of people who played with me. Um, and, and it was like a friendship thing. Like we would get together and, and me and my buddy Joe would play. Um, you know, every week we would play. Um, my brother got really into it and um, became like relatively competitive in MTG and um, has now gotten out of it almost entirely. He just has casual decks and commander decks now. But 
MTG played a big part in my life in terms of something that I loved. I spent a lot of time laying in bed at night dreaming up decks, um, and my deck building capabilities come mostly from Magic, um, which was one of the things that made me love Tessel so much, because the card pool, I know it was a complaint how big the card pool was, and, and I, I'm on record on this podcast talking about it needing to be smaller. Um, but that is one of the things that I loved about Tesla was how massive the card pool was because when we played magic We didn't play by real rules. We just whatever cards you had That's what you could put in your deck and so um, we played by deck building rules But not by you know vintage or any of the various format rules until much later on and my favorite memories of playing it was was playing my green worms deck it was like a deck that had a lot of land in it and it would ramp up and they would play all these six six giant monsters and and that was my deck man my buddy joe played angels my buddy hunter played um blue counter spell you know my brother played whatever he had and eventually became much better than all of us together um but magic the gathering some really sweet moments organizing cards making decks playing against myself playing against my friends going to the comic shop and buying card packs buying my first booster box like there's so many yeah. really really good memories around magic the gathering even if it's not a game that i play it's been hugely influential in my life and i'm very thankful for it so mtg is my number two you know it's <laughs> it is uh there is something lost in the digital card game uh, market. Although we, I love digital card games, and there's some things you can do with them that you can't do in physical card games, but there's something lost in the idea of opening physical packs and sorting the cards and trading mm -hmm. the cards and looking at them and on a table laid out with your friends. Um, you just can't get that, and the, there's just something so you know, cathartic about that, especially for people that, like us, you know, grew up doing that. Yeah, I, I I mean, I think that what we gain, the aim of being able to play digitally outstrips what we lose, but there are certain things that you lose in the physical yeah. when you go digital. And uh, and that's definitely the thing that I miss the most is the excitement you know, of getting the booster box, man. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, I was so hooked on Versa System. Um, there was a, uh, when I was in middle school, me and, my, and this one friend, my best friend at the time, we played all the time. I mean, mm. we, we played that game at every given opportunity. And one time I uh, ended up stashed, my sister and I were stashed at my grandparents' house for the weekend. Uh, and, you know, this, you didn't have uh, the uh, digital card game. So you couldn't play all, over the internet. I don't even think they had a computer. Um, so we brought, I brought my cards to my grandma's house and I laid them out and I played Versus System over the phone. Oh, with man. my buddy we're just describing the cards <laughs> that were on the board it, you know okay what's in your front lane i got this and then i got this other thing okay what's in the back lane? this and this other thing okay cool all right i'm gonna attack this thing and you just i mean we just described our board to our opponent as we played hmm. i mean just like unreal i just can't even imagine a trying to do that today <laughs> no but b i just love that those kinds of ridiculous experiences that you have as a kid with just that that fervor over a card game it's just uh yeah oh yeah so I, I totally totally get totally get your point okay number one for both of us i i have a sneaky suspicion here but why don't you go ahead and tell us what is your number one most influential thing from nerd culture my number one what, most influential most, you're most thankful for i'm sorry it's not most sure, the thing what do you sure the thing i for? the thing i i'm most thankful for also probably maybe not most influential ever but like you know pretty on my life now 
uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's um, it's pretty straightforward. I didn't discover Dungeons and Dragons until after college. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad that I did. I, technically, I discovered it in college. I got invited to play, and I went to a couple games, and the people were weird, and so I stopped. Um, but I liked the experience I had. I liked the idea of it. And so um, I remember uh, talking with my buddy, uh, Dean, and uh, he's the guy that I played Dota with. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was interested in playing Dungeons & Dragons. And we were like, oh, this is really cool. And then we, uh, but we were like, oh, we don't have a group. We don't have a group. And I remember going to a, uh, uh, a party and uh, talking to one of the people that uh, we had known in high school that we had you know, lost touch with. And she was like, yeah, I've always wanted to play D and had like, I've got like some of the books and I listened to some podcasts. It's really fun, but I just haven't gotten, haven't done it. haven't had a group. And, uh, from that point on, we, uh, made a group and actually Dean was our first dungeon master or actually, no, I was the first dungeon master and I ran an, a intro quest thing that you have that you get with the basic book. Uh, I think in five E it's, uh, lost minds of Vandelver. I ran that, uh, unit, for uh for them and then dean took over and he ran uh storm king's thunder for those of you who are aware of it uh but after that and then that was fun playing was a lot of fun i love i love playing dungeons and dragons but after that i got tapped to um to start dming hmm. and um i've become the de facto uh dungeon master for our group and uh as much as like i i joke about you know forever dm uh, and, uh, um, you know, how much, oh man, I wish I could play in a, in a long campaign. And I do, <laughs> I, I do wish I could play in a long campaign. Um, there is something that I think combined with taking a couple creative writing classes, uh, right my senior year of college that like awakened in me when I got really into DMing Dungeons and Dragons because it stopped being about you know, gaming, gaming, and mm -hmm. it started being about writing. Yeah, and that is one of the best, it, one of the coolest parts about RPGs. Yeah, I just, I mean, to the point where, like, I, I can't imagine at this point in my life without playing RPGs. And I've branched out from D&D. &D. I love Dungeons & Dragons. Um, but uh, our current, uh, our campaign has been on hold since, uh, I guess, uh, March Sure. Now, our Dungeons & Dragons campaign with my sad, regular group. The sad reality of COVID-19's effect on RPGs. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we're, we just, uh, I can't imagine. We, we play a very tactical game, even though there's a lot of role-playing and stuff. But my players are very knowledgeable about D&D. &D, and so to challenge them, you really have to get them to do the tactics and, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. put their minis on the board. And that's, that's fun for them. That They really get a lot out of that. Um, because they're very experienced with the with the system, um, and we can't just we just can't do that. And we tried some some digital, you know, uh, uh, implementations, but I just never had the time to write and learn how to use the software. So that's unfortunately on hold. But uh, I've since you know gotten to branch out into other games. One of my players, uh, Juliana, got me a uh, copy of Monster of the Week uh, for Christmas last year, and I'm really glad because I've run a, a couple games in that. Uh, before, you know, as one shots, and then I just uh, two months ago started a little um, campaign, a small campaign uh, with some of my friends. Where you know, because it's a simpler system, you don't have to um, 
you know, put minis on a board, right? Um, and you actually have introduced me to a couple uh, new systems as well. And I've learned uh, like Fate Accelerated and stuff like that. The bottom line is it has opened up this entire other culture of, of um, you know, of nerddom. But one that is becoming increasingly, uh, I think, public and one that oh, people yeah. are becoming increasingly more popular for sure. Right. The visibility of, of RPGs is, is just skyrocketing. And, you know, uh, podcasts and shows like Critical Role and Adventure Zone are becoming like mainstream almost, um, which I just think is, is super awesome. Um, and it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I like to think I, I, I do believe I was born in the right era. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, because with the exception of my music taste, which would have preferred the 80s, um, I love craft beer, board games uh, and role playing games. And I <laughs> and I could not be happier. <laughs> this is a good time to be alive for that. That's for it's sure. A, it's a, it's a good time to be a nerd. Okay. Um, so Dungeons and Dragons, my number one. I can't really even imagine where I would be both with my friends uh, and personally, uh, without it. <laughs> okay, well, it should be no surprise, guys, that my number one is also Dungeons & Dragons, um, specifically Dungeons & Dragons 3.0. I'll give a couple of honorable mentions here. RPGs have been part of my life since I was in sixth grade. Um, in sixth, well, actually, it was fifth grade. In fifth grade, I went to my grandmother's house, and my cousin Chip, um, brought a Dungeons and Dragons book with him. And I remember going outside when my grandfather was still alive in their original house. Um, there's kind of like this, uh, their driveway comes down and it kind of has like a, it's not a Y, but there's a section of it that went back to their barn and sort of at the, at the corner little part of their driveway where it kind of Y's at, um, there was a big rock and, uh, and some landscaping there. Um, and some pines and we sat on that big rock and created my first character and I, I couldn't tell you what my first character is I know it was sort of an era whenever you know the the my cousin was only in sixth grade so I mean his character was something ridiculous and then I remember going to my buddy Joe's house uh, that next year and, and telling him about that experience and him like oh yeah I have I have Dungeon Dragons and I've just never been able to play it didn't have anything to play with and we busted it out and we started playing um, you know a couple of buddies um, pretty much every week at some point we would we would play you know it was it was so funny because it was in an era when we still built you know crazy Hot Wheels tracks but we also play Dungeons and Dragons right um because i was young and uh and so i have been playing with joe literally uh this year joe and i have been playing together on and off like really consistently through high school and college then he went to the military and now we play together every other week um now that he's like we play over over zoom or over skype or something um and uh, i've been playing with joe for 20 years for 20 years um, our youth pastor and probably my closest personal friend, Alex, uh, and I have been playing weekly to bi-weekly together since I was in ninth grade. Um, so that's 17 years, along with my friend Hunter, who I've been playing with weekly or bi-weekly, who lives in Milwaukee for 17 years. So I've been playing with a really consistent group. We have branched out. I actually own a lot of 5.0 books now. I owe a lot of it to 3.0. We play primarily Burning Wheel, which is a hyper-realistic RPG that's really intense um, and, and a lot of fun. Like, look, 
just for me to give you an example, uh, this week in our RPG, one of the characters took one hit from a werewolf, and he will not be able to be back on his feet for three months. Um, that's how like hyper realistic the rpg is with the exception of there's literally werewolves in the game um so uh, it, it, you know what like rpgs have been a big part of my life have been a priority in gaming for me i don't think i've ever gone through a season in life where i wasn't playing maybe maybe for like a, a couple months in college where i wasn't playing like weekly or bi-weekly at least um in most of it weekly some of my most epic moments and my closest friends i think that's maybe the most important thing some of my closest friends and the only friends from high school that i'm still friends with are DD friends um rpg friends it's just there's something that happens around the RPG yeah. table that is, for me, has been literally life-changing. You know, that's actually the truth here. That's uh, the only people I still talk to from high school. Uh, my D&D players. Yep, my D&D buddies. Like, that's that's it. And it's crazy how many other people now want to play D&D. I actually find it hard. Like, the amount of games oh, yeah. that I could GM or be involved with um someone would have to pay me a full-time salary in order to do it uh, and <laughs> yeah. some people do make their full-time there's a couple like there's a guy from new york i was talking to um actually somebody who i met online but they live in they live in florida um he's a lawyer and he flies up to new york every year for an extended weekend to play DD with his DD group um from high school that's, that's and cool. they hire a dm to run yeah. them for three days they pay him like a grand and he comes out for three days and runs their games for three days um That's and awesome. uh, and there's some people who make their living now just being really good gms which is you know so cool it's it's true i mean i think um and there's so much interest in it now you know you hang mm -hmm. out with people and you're like oh yeah me and my D, &D group you play dungeons and dragons and you're like yeah like and they're like oh, i've always wanted to try that um i mean i've introduced you know a half a dozen friends of mine close friends to it um i actually uh actually have uh introduced my girlfriend to it um she uh kept hearing about the games and stuff that we played and so um she was like that that's really interesting you know it's such a big part of your life um i'd like to try it sometime so i did a little one-on-one -on -one session uh with her and i've actually done a second one since then um she had I think she had a really good time. She said she did. I definitely did. It's one of those things that it's something I think it's really unique to like share that it's shared storytelling with rules, right? And so at the end of it, you can look back with those players that you have and say, look at the cool thing we did. Look at the cool story we told, you know, it's almost like it's a, it's an inside joke in the highest order. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, and there's so, uh, you know, we literally were texting uh, like three days ago. Someone was like, hey, what was that game we went to epic level in in high school? What was the final boss again? And what happened in that fight? Didn't I sit down during that fight and not and refuse to fight? Like, didn't didn't your character kill that guy? Do you remember when we triple critted that dragon when we still had the rules that triple crit auto kills and you triple critted that black dragon? Like, you know those are things that we will literally never forget in characters you know uh sarah creth and distant Nightwind, um like <laughs> uh stormy who was my my norse character from uh when we played a viking rendition of burning wheel for like 
years um like this is interesting these are characters that will that their personas like um the the two sisters that i played in blades in the dark for a year and a half i played a pair of twin sisters um anivia and tara vale um and i actually you know had artwork commissioned of those two characters um you know rpgs have just played such a significant part in my life and i'm, I'm just so thankful that they have i'm, I'm just very thankful for them so nice. much so that i own mouse guard i own comic books i've collected things to start my daughters in as early as i can <laughs> um and i always yeah. kind of keep my eye open like what's a good rpg what's a good comic book um you know what's a good game what's something that i can start my daughters into nerd culture early so they can also have that privilege because you dvn had the had the blessing of having parents mm -hmm. who got you into that sort of stuff you know my parents listened to country music and chopped firewood so um and there's nothing that's nothing saying anything bad i have an amazing supportive family whom i love deeply and they're incredible people um but i, I was i was alone for quite a long time in the nerd culture in my household um, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, that's something I'm constantly uh, thankful for. As and that's actually really, I mean, that's the point of this whole episode, you know. What are you thankful for? Yeah, yeah, that's the point of it. Yeah. Well, speaking of this episode, it's coming to an end. Thank you guys so much. I hope that you guys are having a fantastic Thanksgiving, or if you're listening to this later, that you did have a phenomenal Thanksgiving. If you're out of the country and you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, hopefully there's some things that you will celebrate. Um, that you're thankful for. Um, we here at uh, Legends Cast are thankful for you, the listener, and thankful for our communities around this thing. We appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for everything that you do for us, the encouragement that you offer us. Um, still amazing that people would support us even in chat or joining something like a Discord uh, just because we sit around and talk about stuff. Um, and sometimes that stuff doesn't even have to do with the things we're supposed to be talking about. And yet you're still here. So thank you so much. Um, and uh, hey, you know what? Be sure to come back again next week.